Welcome to the New Orleans Saints podcast. I'm Erin Summers. Definitely been an interesting few days here in New Orleans. We made it through Hurricane Ida and we're going to do what we can to come back and be back in this city as soon as we can with football and to kind of help me figure out where we're at right now with that. I have Jeff Duncan, who's joining me on the podcast today. He's with NOLA.com and the Times Picune. Jeff, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing? Aaron, I'm doing okay. I'm certainly uh, conflicted though. I'm over working out of the Florida Panhandle in Miramar Beach, Florida out of a condo over here. And uh, my thoughts and prayers are with everyone back in the city as we go through yet another uh, terrible crisis. I just hope everyone is staying safe and sound and uh, out of harm's way while we get through this. The Saints organization has always been one that's rallied around this city and we're there for them throughout storms over several different years that we've dealt with this. Now again, the Saints have started a relief. They've said that they will be coming back here. They want to be playing in New Orleans with their fans as soon as they can. What have you seen from the team over the past few days? Well, it's been pretty impressive just how quickly they've mobilized and um, been able to adjust on the fly, uh, move an entire football operation and their families uh, to another remote location in a very quick amount of time. I think this thing all occurred in about a 72 hour period. And if you really step back and think about it, Aaron, just logistically, how difficult that is to pull off, to be able to secure two commercial uh, airline jets, be able to find hundreds of hotel uh, available hotel rooms in another city near a practice facility for an NFL team to operate meeting rooms, weight rooms, all the things that you that go into uh, operating an NFL team as it tries to prepare for a season. It's mind boggling. And fortunately or unfortunately, however you want to look at it, the Saints have experience in this. They've been through it a number of times. Uh, they have contingency plans in place. And really, it just comes down to activating them uh, when these situations occur. And clearly, uh, there's no other team in the league that could handle this the way the New Orleans Saints do. 31 other teams, this would, I think, derail and completely um, devastate the organization, except for the New Orleans Saints. Uh, they're battle-tested, and they know how to get through these things and uh, adjust on the fly. And certainly, we're seeing that play out right now in Dallas. You've covered this team longer than anybody around this area has in terms of what to expect over the next few weeks. What would you think is, is going to be an adequate gauge of, of when the team's going to be back, how things are going to unfold? Well, I know, you know, talking to some executives there, uh, they have obviously contacts at the highest levels of government and among local officials. Uh, in the city and state. Uh, so they're going to have an open line of communication with them. When, when it's safe to come back to New Orleans, they will. Uh, but, you know, talking to someone yesterday morning about it made a very good point. And we heard this uh, before when they've had to evacuate for storms. It's not necessarily about the football. This is a human story. Uh, you have to think about families, uh, kids uh, trying to get back in schools. If there's no running water or power, uh, what kind of lifestyle are you moving back to? It, it's not just about the football team now and, and practicing and preparing for games. It, it's about uh, 
uh, living conditions back in New Orleans. And until that is up and running, I expect the Saints are going to stay where they're at. It only makes sense to be able to work in a functioning environment. And right now, you know, we, we see those terms, Aaron, uh, from the National Hurricane Center when they say areas are uninhabitable. Right now, mm -hmm. New Orleans is pretty much uninhabitable. There's no power. There's no uh, water in certain parts of the city. Uh, we're talking about triple index heat index right now. Uh, it's miserable. So they're much better off being away and worrying about uh, being able to focus, if they can, as much on football uh, until things get better in New Orleans. I can attest to it being quote unquote miserable here as I'm still here. It's warm. It's difficult without power, but thankful to have made it through safely. Roads are getting cleared. Some trees are still down, lots of debris, but definitely made it through uh, best that you know, we could considering. Um, you mentioned the families and the, the human side of all of this story. Part of it is the timing that it falls on the, the 53 man roster cuts and the fact that a lot of those players are still with the team in Dallas. How has the team kind of navigated that part of all of this? Well, I have to say what the Saints organization is doing is uh, very admirable and I think very impressive. I mean, they're taking care of the families and the players uh, that are being released today. Um, and it's just an unprecedented situation for the most part. They did this to some degree back during Katrina when they relocated to, I think, a hotel in Fremont, California. They played a preseason game out in the Bay Area against the Raiders and then had to fly back to San Antonio. So, again, they had experience with this situation before. Uh, I just think logistically, when you start dealing with uh, cut players that, that would probably have belongings back in New Orleans, and that's an uninhabitable environment, they're probably not going to fly back there. So you're flying released players uh, back to other remote locations from the Dallas area. Some have elected, I think, to stay they're in Dallas with the team. The team's going to take care of them, putting them up in another hotel, their family members with them that, that they have there. Uh, you have some players there with pets. Uh, there's just so many different kind of cascading issues that come out of these crises. And like I said, the, the, the Saints executives that have been there, one of the unique things about the Saints organization that I think really comes into play here is the stability of the front office. You have so many executives that have been with the organization for a long period of time. So there's a great cohesiveness and uh, a camaraderie among the people at the very top that know how to get through these things. They've been down this road before and other football operations as well. Mickey Loomis certainly has been here for two decades. Uh, so he knows how to handle this. I think another organization would be crippled by this, but I do think you have to be sensitive at this time of the year with players that might be having uncertain futures after being released and understanding the impact of that on, on the human side of things, how difficult that is. And I think the Saints have really taken that into consideration right now. And like I said, I think Sean Payton uh, is doing a admirable job of trying to take care of these players after they are no longer a part of the Saints team. Definitely. And then the NFL mandates no practice Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, the team will come back together. So some of the other players will have opportunity to possibly go home if they choose to do that, take care of some things back here in New Orleans, maybe get some 
more of their belongings until the team kind of decides where they're going to reconvene next week. It may be there in Dallas again. If so, how advantageous could it be if that game between the Saints and Green Bay is played there in Dallas? Well, I think that's the top priority right now, trying to reduce as many of the logistical hurdles as possible. And it only makes sense if you're going to be away from New Orleans, you can't play this home opener at the Superdome uh, to play it over in Dallas for to make it as much like a home game as possible. And Sean Payton made a great point today. I mean, the Saints have such a huge, far-reaching fan base that they can create a home environment if they have to play at AT&T Stadium. They have a huge fan base over in the East Texas area, the Dallas area. A lot of people in North Louisiana who have not really been impacted that significantly by Ida should be able to make the trip over. Uh, it's just going to be a logistical issue is how they administer tickets, how tickets become available. That's a whole nother story. Uh, but at least we do have a two-week window to operate with. Uh, the new NFL schedule that allows this two-week window, I think, proved very fortuitous in this situation for the New Orleans Saints planning purposes. I'm going to bring in my colleague, usually heads up things for the Pelicans, Daniel Salerson, joining us on the podcast today to kind of help navigate this crazy week that we have. Uh, Daniel? I appreciate it, Aaron. Uh, Jeff, I want to go back to the logistics you talk about, and not only for this upcoming week and next week getting ready for the Green Bay Packers, but Sean Payne said today that it could be a few weeks where they're not even back in New Orleans until everything gets back up and running, which means – Going back to 05 with Katrina, can you just kind of go through what they did as far as they take things week by week? Because obviously games two and three are on the road. Do you try to find some middle ground somewhere in the middle of those two to kind of stay put for those two weeks? How do, you, how do they kind of navigate through not only getting through game number one, but the next two games, which are going to be on the road? Well, Daniel, that's a great question. I think Sean Payton and his football operations, they're going to want to try and make this as seamless as possible for the players and coaches so they can prepare for a game and focus on football. So anything you can do to reduce travel, I think during that time, I think they're going to try and stay for a certain period of time as long as possible uh, in one spot. In other words, they don't want to be hopscotching around, moving. Uh, there's so much involved in moving these football operations uh, with rate training and the training staffs, equipment people, uh, a football team, unlike really any other sport, I mean, just has so many ancillary things to move. Uh, and this team, like we've said, is, is experts at it. But I think the key now is, okay, this is what we're faced with. Uh, let's try to stay put somewhere. And I think they're getting ready to move hotels again. So it sounds like they're going to have to do, like Aaron said, there's going to be uh, a few days off here for everyone. Players and can take care of their families, get those priorities straight but I think when they come back on Monday and probably even Sunday night they're going to want to be in one spot for the duration until they have to go back to New Orleans that way they can have complete focus on the task at hand trying to get ready for the season because let's face it y'all uh, 31 other teams aren't dealing with this so the Saints can see this as a huge disadvantage as far as focus is concerned but I know Sean Payton very well he embraces these type of situations he will use this to his advantage. We saw it last year up in Detroit when they played, had the COVID situation, lost the entire running back crew for a game or the wide receiver crew for a game. Uh, he does not let situations of adversity 
become an excuse for his team and his coaching staff. And I don't think he'll allow that to happen in this situation either. Yeah, if you can elaborate on that, that was going to go to my next question as far as, um, look, it's going to be a huge disadvantage is basically playing three road games to start the season where other teams are able to be at their practice facilities. But talking about a team that is now post-Drew Brees with a new starting quarterback and a lot of new leadership, that maybe this helps bring a team together. How much could the adversity of this situation really maybe help this team come together, uh, even though they will be on the road for the foreseeable future? Well, I think that's exactly what's going to happen here. I mean, really, the the Saints football organization, the, the football team, is really just a microcosm of society in general. And I've seen through many of these storms how crises like this really does level the playing field for everyone and brings an entire community together. It can bring a neighborhood together. Uh, all the differences you have whether it's political allegiances or affiliations, uh, racial situations, all that goes out the window, Dan Daniel. I mean, people come together. We all become basically brothers and sisters. And I think that's what happens in a time like this for a football team. And I think you're right. I think it can, we can see leaders step up and emerge that maybe would not have in another situation because of the unique circumstances involved. Uh, and I think, in this unique situation with the Saints having to replace the greatest player in franchise history, someone like Jameis Winston now uh, could see that uh, leadership role accelerate because of this uh, adversity. And before I let you go, let's touch on Jameis Winston. Sean Payne officially naming him the starter earlier this morning. What were your thoughts? Were you surprised by the move? I mean, he had a really good preseason in the, in the two games that the team was able to play. Um, what were your initial thoughts on he being the guy that, replaces Drew Brees here in the, in the post-Brees era? Well, I think Jameis Winston's done everything right uh, since the end of last season. I think he clearly recognizes the opportunity at hand here that uh, in his career, uh, this is kind of a crossroads season. He's facing a, a big season for him going forward, the chance to lead a playoff caliber roster with a lot of elite talent under one of the greatest offensive minds in the history of the NFL. This is a tremendous opportunity and everything he's done, every action he's taken, I think has been the right one in terms of preparing himself to take advantage of this opportunity. I thought uh, we saw it in practice. You could just see the way he carried himself. And, and I think he handled it very well with Taysom Hill. You could tell that they both had a great relationship. They understood there was a competition, but they were rooting for each other. And I think this is this decision made perfect sense to me. It gives the Saints, I think, the best opportunity to win games Taysom Hill can play his gadget role, his unique uh, role that Sean Payton has carved out for him. And then you have Jameis Winston leading the offense. And now you have a difficulty in preparing for the Saints, as we've seen in the past, for two different styles of quarterbacks each during the game plan. Uh, I'm, I'm actually kind of bullish on this season, Daniel, Aaron. I, I, I didn't feel that way maybe coming into camp, but from everything I've seen, and I know, look, we've got a unique situation here with, with Ida and the, and the fallout from that. But I really believe the Saints are a little bit of a sleeping giant. Uh, I think as long as they get just decent quarterback play out of Winston and Hill, and I think they will, this team's talented enough to make another playoff run. I think people forget about what this team was able to do the last couple of years without Drew Brees and the success they had just because of the roster that was built around the quarterback. So I agree with you, Jeff. I think a lot of people are forgetting about what the Saints – are capable of doing, and we'll certainly see how this goes for them in the next next couple of weeks. As Jeff Duncan, 
who again covers the, the Saints, that covers the city of New Orleans for the time Picayune and advocate and Jeff, one of uh, congratulations on the new gig. We weren't able to discuss that with you at the beginning, um, but creep up the great work. And, you know, you've been through this before and, and certainly appreciate all the guidance you've given us here and kind of what to expect in the next couple of weeks. Please be safe. And, and hopefully we're seeing you back in New Orleans soon. Thank you. All. Daniel, Aaron, I appreciate you having me on. You all be safe, Aaron. I hope you get out of New Orleans sometime soon and we'll see you all uh, hopefully in better conditions down the road. Absolutely. Sounds good. Thanks. Thanks again to Jeff for joining us. Really good to have Daniel Sallerson here with me as we're kind of still in the aftermath here of Hurricane Ida. We appreciate everybody that listened and we've been thinking about you, not only in New Orleans, but in the greater state of Louisiana, all of our fans out there. Hopefully this can be a little bit of a distraction, a um, little a point of, of levity. People can enjoy the football a little bit. We realize you know, there's a lot of other serious issues that we're going to have to deal with over the next few weeks. So we'll, we'll be there as we can. Yeah, well said, Aaron. Uh, it's going to be a, a tough couple of weeks, a tough few weeks uh, for road to recovery. I know this, you know, being here now 10 years, seeing the resiliency of this city and the community when dealing with these types of of disasters with, with hurricanes. I just know that this city will come back stronger than ever. And, you know, this city it, it loves the New Orleans Saints. And I know the last thing people want to think about right now potentially is football, but for some, maybe circling September 12th just to get to that point might be what they need to kind of get through the situation. So like Aaron said, we'll be with you all throughout the rest of the way as best we can to get you all the coverage you need uh, with this team getting ready for September 12th against the Green Bay Packers. So if you did spend a little bit of your day listening to us, we certainly appreciate that. And again, please be safe. Um, please watch uh, your local news and, and read all your local news and listen on the radio. They've been doing such a good job keeping you all informed for those evacuated trying to get back, for those that are in the city trying to get out until the power gets restored. Again, please look out for all that stuff um, with your local, and even on Twitter, you can find a lot of this information um, but yeah, Aaron, it's, uh, I know we're not in the same city right now as we hope to be back soon. I know this hasn't been a, the easiest way for you to start your tender, tenure here with the New Orleans <laughs> Saints and New Orleans Pelicans, but uh, I know we'll get back and I, I know we're looking forward to, to talking about some football real soon once we get everything back up and running. Definitely an interesting way to start a first job, but happy <laughs> to be here and, and can't wait to see this city and the team back in action hopefully sooner rather than later, and, and we'll be there for it. This has been another edition of the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. You can find it on our website, neworleansaints.com, on our app presented by Verizon. Make sure you download that and you keep up with stuff that's going on with the Saints uh, if you need a little break from reality right now. And everybody stay safe and best wishes.